Hey everyone, you're listening to the 107 podcast where we get together every fortnight to talk about technology, business and the humans in it. I'm your host Ivan Stegic and in this episode of the podcast, I'm at DrupalCon Nashville 2018 and I'm sitting down with Chris Weber, also known as Cosmic Dreams on okay. drupal.org. And he's a software engineer at The Nerdery in Minneapolis. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Yvonne. It's nice to see you here. It's great in Nashville, isn't it? I know. I know. I, uh, this is my first time in Nashville, and uh, I've been, uh, unlike other cons, been trying to go to the local restaurants, been trying to like get out and see the city some. It's really great. The atmosphere downtown is really great. It, I agree. I had some hot chicken yesterday. I had some hot chicken yesterday. <laughs> How I, hot was yours? Well, uh, there was uh, there were five levels. It was mild, medium, hot, dang hot. Yeah. And shut the cluck up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I knew that the people had told me that 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 last one was just going to kill you. Yeah. So I took the middle of the road. You I know, I did hot. I did I did too, and it was hot. It was, <laughs> it was, you know, I, uh, I like spicy, but that was hot. I like to tell the story of I had a buddy in college that when he got into trouble with his parents, they would just feed him peppers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he built up a resistance over time. So, <laughs> <laughs> what did you have with your hot chicken, if I may ask? What sides? Oh, uh, creamy uh, coleslaw. I had that have, too. Gotta have that release exactly. That mac and cheese looked very interesting. So <laughs> the I just exact had, same thing. Yeah, the, I. You know, I couldn't tell by the time I took a couple of bites of the chicken, but I thought the mac and cheese was kind of spicy, too. I agree. And you went to Hattie B's, right? Hattie B's. I, I went there as well. Yeah. And the line the line when I went for lunch was an hour to, <laughs> to get in. Our line wasn't like an hour, but it did feel like a half an hour. But we came kind of like for dinner. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, the, the first uh, taxi driver that I ran into uh, in Nashville recommended Hattie B's. And, like, everyone recommended Hattie B's, every, every driver that I went to. So it's that, like, I got to go. That, that's interesting because my Lyft driver also recommended Hattie B's. And Lex, who was on the podcast last week, um, also had his driver recommend Hattie B's. <laughs> so I think there must, like... Hattie B's might be... It's a thing. It's a thing. You got to do thing. it. You go to Nashville, go to Hattie B's. One more question about the hot chicken. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was supposed to eat the bread. Underneath. You're supposed to eat the you bread. Are, okay, so I... You, you I, haven't eaten a full meal unless you eat the bread. So I ate half of it. Well, it's fine. Okay. You know, I mean, at a certain point you're full and you're just trying to push it more in. Yeah. But the, the, the spices all accumulate in the bread. And... Uh, Actually, I was expecting, like, eating the chicken, blowing my mind, eat the bread, and then I'm just done. Just go to bed. <laughs> but it wasn't all that bad. So the chicken was good. Um, how was Khan? Khan's great this year. Yeah, I, uh, I've been uh, one to, like, try to go to the, the boffs. But this year I was like, you know, there really are some compelling sessions that I just want to see. And then... Usually after the con is over, I have like a viewing YouTube viewing party. Do you really? All the videos get on YouTube, so and, and uh, I don't have to worry about this anxiety that I feel like I'm missing something because I can just go to the 
see the uh, videos later. Kevin does a great job of recording all of those sessions. It's just incredible. Yeah, Kevin's the man. He's the man. Um, are the boffs recorded? Boffs are not recorded. Okay. So that's the reason to go to the boffs. To the boffs. But um, I actually had my own boff this year. You did? What was yeah, it? The, oh, well, the Web Component Summit. Of we... course it was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tell people what Web Components is in well, case they don't know. Uh, web Components are a series of HTML standards and it's kind of been this thing that I've been following for a long time, and it gets kind of misunderstood. The way that I best understand it right now is that there are two standards that browsers are in the process of completely implementing. One is custom elements, the ability to bundle up a set of HTML, JavaScript, and CSS into a standalone HTML component that you can just drop in anywhere. Hmm. But you know, all that defines how that component looks and behaves. And the other one is Shadow DOM, which provides an effective sandbox for your component so that everything that's going on in your web page doesn't bleed into the component and everything that's going on in the component doesn't bleed out. Now, when I was doing my prep work for this podcast, <laughs> I did Google Chris Weber components <laughs> and I saw a reference back to 2013. Uh-huh. So it's it's been at least five years that this has been in the pipeline, hasn't it? Do you feel like it's matured? Like it's something? Oh that yeah, it- yeah, yeah. It's kind of went through its early phases of you know they uh, at the at, at the Dries note or somewhere they they showed the the graph of the hype curve. Yes, yes, yes. I've seen the hype so curve. The, the peaks really high, yes. and then there's the trough of yes. dis- disillusionment. Yes, and then, and then, then it kind of goes thing. up, and then there's a stage. Right. So where are we right now? Well, we certainly went through the trough of disillusionment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, what's what's interesting is that at Google I/O upcoming in a couple of weeks, maybe like next month, they're going to have a reveal of Polymer 3, which is supposed to be like, this is what steady state looks like. This is what normal looks like. <laughs> Instead of the, oh, whiz-bang, new thing, and disillusionment. disillusionment. Oh, the you're so disorganized and you keep changing stuff. You're breaking all the things all the time. You refer to it as Polymer. Well, Polymer is Google's attempt. Oh, I see. To demonstrate what developing what with web components look like. But yeah, see, this is the part of the confusion because a lot of people identify Polymer with as the standard bearer of web components, but it really isn't. Web components aren't supposed to be this platform, this framework, this complicated thing. It's just supposed to be a set of HTML standards like Ajax. Like Ajax. Got it. So you mentioned Google I.O. Yeah. I've been to about three or four of those conferences very early on when it was um, when it was just starting out. <laughs> you and didn't have to mortgage your house in order to go. <laughs> exactly. When you didn't have to mortgage your house and when you, when tickets were actually available. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and I used to love going to that con. The swag was great. Oh, the, yeah. The people yeah. were interesting. The uh, It was Google's first attempt at getting into kind of the developer community. Yeah. Um, have you been to any recent I.O. cons? I'm, I've, I'm assuming I've only they... had the opportunity to go one time, and that's when uh, my buddy was uh, a, a Google user group organizer. The and local one? The, the local, the Twin Cities uh, Google developer program or user group organizer and so he gets to go every year who is that is that Lloyd? Uh, Pat, patrick fuentes patrick fuentes yeah. okay he's an awesome guy he's a he's very involved in android um 
and he's just a just a great human being uh, to talk to. He's just very generous and kind and thoughtful. And I'll, co- I'll connect with him and yeah. get him on the podcast. Uh, you might not know. Um, the original founders of the Twin Cities Google, it's called the GDG, Google Developer yeah. Group, right yeah. now, but it wasn't called that. It was called the Twin Cities um, User Group, Google User Group. I think it was TCGUG, Google User Group. Lloyd, Cledwin, and I are the original founders of that group. Wow. And we used to have meetings in the 10 7 offices. <laughs> on 3rd Avenue South in Minneapolis. And then I kind of stepped away because I got involved with 10.7 and Drupal a whole yeah. lot more, and I decided I, you know, I'd rather spend time with Drupal than, than Google. But that's, that's, why I, that's why I used to go to the I.O. conference. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> the question about I.O. was actually supposed to be a lead-in to the question of why you choose to come to the DrupalCon Every oh year. yeah. Well, I at this point in my career, I never want to miss a DrupalCon. There's just so much energy here. Um, but uh, I first started going to DrupalCon because I kind of felt like I'm a developer working on Drupal like professionally, but I'm the only person I know that does this. Mm. You know, and uh, this was. This was about the time that I started discovering that the Twin Cities had a Drupal user group. And, and that, in, a, in the small collection of people in the Twin Cities that does that, that looked like a really awesome like, way to participate and finally talk to somebody else that does the thing that I'm doing. Yeah. I don't have to feel like I'm alone in the middle of a wilderness. Uh, and then I, I keep hearing, I keep following, uh, like, I kept on following Drupal.org and the news channel and everyone's excitement building up and plans being made and agendas being set. And it's like, you know what? I have no reason to participate in any of that, but I just want to be around. I just mm. want to be a fly on the wall mm-hmm. while people are talking about things. Absorb as Maybe much I'll as you learn can. Yeah. through osmosis, you know, something more than what I currently know because... Um, yeah, we we were talking about talking today, and you were saying that you know let's let's just talk about how we uh, started. Yeah, how did you come to Drupal? I wanted to build a website for my college buddies. Okay. We wanted to. It was a forum. We wanted a forum. We could just sit there and talk about things, just joke around. But we didn't want it indexed by Google because <laughs> a buddy of mine had created like a little blog or something like that, and it was indexed by Google. And he went to a job interview, and they were asking him about it. <laughs> So it's like let's let's, let's do this a little smarter. <laughs> what year was that? Uh, must have been either still in college or just out, maybe two thousand and four. Two thousand four. Yeah. And so you chose Drupal because you wanted to build something. Well, I originally I originally did not choose. Google. Oh. I I was trying to find some. I was a computer science student, and I was just trying to find something. What could I tinker with? What what could I do? My program was very theoretical, uh, math. Mathematics based, very little real world application. So I had to go out and find a real world application to get that itch satisfied. Uh, so I've tried things like uh, I tried working with uh, uh, Post Nuke. I remember that. <laughs> I tried uh, movable type. Uh, MT, yep. Yeah, and some of those things just, you know, it didn't just feel right. And I tried to go deep in other communities and I just got the 
the, the common response I got whenever I asked my questions, because I asked tons of questions, yeah. was, read the manual, noob. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. RTFM, Is this right? just what I have to endure? Mm-hmm. In order to, and then maybe one day I'll be the one telling someone? Or, I don't ever want to be that person that, that tells another person, read the manual, and don't right. talk to me. Right, So this wasn't a good fit. And then I found Drupal, and I went on to the support forums, you know, the... the much uh, we, we, the issue queue? Not not even the issue oh, queue. You know, a, you go to the oh, forum oh, on Drupal.org, yes, and you yes. can ask your questions there. And um, I got a lot of great responses, and people weren't jerks to me. Um, and then I was like, okay, well maybe I'll I'll keep with this. And I was able to tinker with things on my own, learn things. Didn't really dive into code for like years, just trying to. F- be a good chef by grabbing modules off the shelf and figuring out if I mix this thing with that thing, could I make a better thing? Yeah. So I was just a site builder forever. Just a site builder. <laughs> Quotation marks. I mean, uh, well, I mean, there are levels to this, of right? Of course. But uh, sooner or later, I got to my friends asking me to add some feature, and I'm going to have to, well, maybe I'll have to alter a form in order to do that. And, um, eventually, my buddy wanted to start up a business where he would do the design work and I would do the development. What was the name of the business? Kooky Kid. <laughs> <laughs> Is that with an I or a Y? All K's. <laughs> Capital K. <laughs> Kooky. <laughs> and uh, we did that for a couple of years. It was really great. So that was your first professional use of Drupal it in a was. business? Wow. What version do you remember? That must have been five. Five? Or six. Yeah. Probably six. Yeah, probably six. Um, and uh, we had to build out, like, event registration websites mm-hmm. and some markety kind of landing page-like sites. There was one site we built for a person who was on The Biggest Loser. Really? To, to advertise his uh, 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 workout spa. Because he he wanted to take the ideals of Biggest Loser and spread it to his local community was, as much as he could. Yeah, that was the first time we were like, okay, he's going to be on the episode. He's going to talk about. It's going to reveal the URL for the site. There's going to be a huge spike. What do we need to do in order to prepare? So that was. I love those engineering challenges. Those problem solving things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it turns out though that I'm not a very good business owner, so. I eventually decided to go work somewhere because I kind of felt like I needed to learn at that point, like the full engineering process. What would, how far could I advance my skills if I could only just focus on the technical problems? And, and what would it be like if I finally could work with someone else that was also programming? <laughs> and you've been able to achieve that in your career, certainly. Yeah. You yeah. work at the nerdery and in the community is... Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So, so you've been with Drupal now for about 13 years. <laughs> it's a long time. What has surprised you the most about Drupal in the last 13 years? Surprised me the most. Well, at, this, at this point in my life, I don't... It's like watching a movie. Mm. You don't want to be hypercritical of it while you're watching it because you just want to let the story play out. You know, I, I try to not, I try to be resilient enough so that nothing really surprises me. Um, but uh, 
when when Drupal eight was being developed, I okay. Let's let's roll back a little bit. When Drupal seven was finishing up, um, twenty circa twenty eleven. Yeah. The the key moment in in my development life was when Drees put out a blog post, and he basically said, "We need help. If you're out there in the community and you're just hovering, or if you're like window watching, you're just." Looking at and waiting for this development to, to finish up, and you maybe would want to jump in and help out. Please do come in, help us out, help us get Drupal Seven out the door. And then I was like, "Yes, I will. I will shift things around. I will get over my anxieties. I will go, jump into the issue queue, see where I could help out." And I remember that all I could really do was test. So a very this, important part. There is this issue where it's like, hey, we need help testing all the JavaScript interactions that we built into Drupal 7. So I was like, okay, I've got like five, six browsers. I'm going to go through each page and I'm going to test each page. And then WebChick jumped on the issue queue and she said, "This is freaking amazing. Thanks." <laughs> and I was like, starstruck. So here's one of my heroes telling me that she's thankful of. The effort I was putting in. At that point, I think oh, it's kind of hook. Like I wanted to to revisit that experience and maybe pay that forward to someone else eventually down the line. Like if if I can encourage other people to do awesome things, I just wanted to repeat that as many times as possible. And you're doing that. You're at the core mentoring sprint. We're sitting in the room where core mentoring <laughs> is happening right now before everybody starts arriving. So. I think I've been doing the mentoring thing for like four years now, uh, and and that's kind of like my mission in life. My my mission in life is to do whatever I can to empower other people to succeed. That's actually one of the nerdery's core values: to win by empowering others. And I I know that. I am not a genius. <laughs> I have just been a person throughout my entire life that is willing to put in ample amounts of hard work. But there are those geniuses out there, and if I could just put that seed of knowledge into to somebody, that they could take whatever I've been able to do and take it like light years further. <laughs> so, what's different in development today compared to when? You first started compared to D five compared to where well, we're at. I don't know how it is for other people, but for me, the main difference is how competent open source is. Like when I first started, the the, the company I was working at was like, "Hey, this Cold Fusion thing's really awesome. You should just really learn Cold Fusion." Yeah. So we'll be doing Cold Fusion like forever. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It was, I, we made some stuff with it. It was it was okay, but it was also proprietary. Yep. And every time, every year that they had a major version, everything was done in, until in secret, until it wasn't. And then you were like, "Oh, that breaks all my stuff." Or, yeah. "Oh, you didn't actually solve any of the things I care about." <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, with especially because I've been using Drupal for so long, when I have an issue with anything. I could jump in and create a patch, and then chances are, if the if the patch has merit, it gets included into core, and I don't don't have to support a, a, a fork 
of or this this weird little thing I'm building on top. It's it's a it's a part of the uh, the thing, and it's maintained by a huge test suite. I can have a large amount of confidence about the tools that I'm using. Now you're you're passionate about uh, testing and automated yes. testing. Yes, I am. Um, that's certainly something that I think we need more of in the world, especially in maybe an agency life. Yeah, well, you know, you 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 go through the that problem in a project where on deployment day you're just sitting there, right that button, and you're like, I think I know what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, but am I? Do I have evidence? You know, way back early in my career, deploying was the most stressful thing possible because I didn't have a lot of confidence. I knew I fixed the things that I was working on, but, you know, I've tested all the things I can. Maybe early in my careers, I didn't actually test all the things <laughs> I could. <laughs> but when I press that button, it's live and weird stuff might happen and yeah. if weird stuff happens that looks poorly on me and my abilities and if when you're starting off as a developer you're like can I do this? Yeah. <laughs> you're paying me to do this. I'm teaching myself how to do this but I know that I don't know everything Yeah. and I still don't know everything but you're like if I have like one or two jobs and people tell me I can't do this maybe I'll believe them <laughs> and maybe I'll just go be a car mechanic or something like that. Do you have um, do you have a methodology that you use for testing? Do you have tools? Do you how how do you automate um, the process of testing your your code? Actually, uh, one of uh, one of your friends, Les, uh, really opened my eyes to a practical approach, which is to identify five or so things about an application that are like if these things mess up then this the, the, the soul of this project dies and make sure that those are tested uh, however you can uh, Drupal 8 has PHP unit which can cover functional testing, BHAT is a tool set that is also somewhat supported you just need to add in the extra libraries for BHAT and you can write Uh, tests that, that cover those user experiences, those interactions. In the past, it was just straight up the Selenium client where they yep. would record things and you could just rerun that as a, as a, as a macro. Exactly. <laughs> I think Behat integrates with Selenium as well. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we called those um, four or five top uh, things uh, critical paths at 10.7. Yeah. And um, It's something we've always wanted to try to implement for a client, but have never really been able to get there. Yeah. So it's certainly a work in progress. It's, um, we had a, I had a client, I think like three years ago, and we were pitching the idea of having automated tests to them. And we actually try to break down some numbers. It's like, look, one test passed by one t uh, cute quality assurance engineer costs this. We're planning on doing a number of iterations of this code base. That, that's what the project was. Um, if we have that QA engineer do a full test pass at each Everyone. iteration, it's going to cost 
this over the cost of the, of the project. I'm, you can't, you can't, you can't see your hands, but... It's like the size of it's... four of my heads. <laughs> <laughs> so the size of like two, two or three of my heads would be the cost of like if we wrote automated testing so that that QA engineer doesn't physically have to test, retest all the things that the automated tests are covering. And we can write automated tests for the expensive things, things that would take long in order to test. Except for the fact that all the cost of writing those tests is bundled in the first front. sprint, yeah. the first iteration. Mm -hmm. So you pay up front for the quality tests to get savings later. They were able, they were receptive to that idea because they were Great. like, you know, let's, if, if you're thinking long term, that makes it makes a lot sense. Of, you invest in the beginning of the project to get right. the bang for your buck throughout the life of the project. If you're an agency and a client comes to you, they could be very hinged on short-term thinking. They like let's, it's just a sprint to get a site out there, and then you're going to hand it over to us, and then we're going to go. So maybe in that sense, arguing for testing won't win. Yeah. <laughs> but I am. I, what I'm trying to get to is the point in which I am so fluent with testing that I don't have to make that argument. Like, just testing is just a it's part of things. And natural. maybe it's a little bit of overhead, but because we're so, we're so tight with testing, it's a minimal overhead. We're going to wrap up soon. <laughs> uh, but I do want to ask you about Google+. Plus. Oh, yeah. You're a, you're a Drupal guy in my mind. Yeah. Um, and I know that you started the Google Plus Drupal group. Is it called a group? Community. Community. The yeah, Google they, Plus they, Drupal community. Yeah, yeah. It's, and uh, when I started it, it, I called it the, uh, the, the, uh, the Drupal community on Google Plus. Drupal community on Google Plus because because someone has actually created a community before I did and they just really? called it Drupal <sighs> and I was like well I don't want to do the thing where you name a thing and I name a thing and then we have to we have to fight about it and namespace conflict yeah. and so I'll just call something a little bit different so when did you start that oh uh, right about the time the feature was released. <laughs> Uh, and is it still in existence? It still exists, yeah. yeah. People it, use the it? The very first thing I did when the feature rolled out was I got in touch with all of the other people that had created communities on Google Plus for Drupal. And I said, hey, you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. Let's just work together. You know, I'll give you full administrative rights of this one, but... You know, this will be a much better thing if we could just consolidate. Consolidate. Working one. That worked out really well. Um, we quickly got up to about 15,000 users. And I found out that once you get that many users, not, not um, 1,500 users, when, it, when you get to that number of users, you can't change your name. You can't. So wow. later, when we consolidated, I could not consolidate the name. Uh, I couldn't change it back to just Drupal. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, and now we're at 11,000 users. How? Wow. 11,000 <laughs> users. Jeez. So the users that are in Google+, Plus, those 11,000 users, some of them are active, some of them aren't. What are they getting from that community, from that forum, that they aren't getting on D.O or that they're not getting an IRC or they're not getting in Slack or is there a lot of repetition? Like, What's the, what's the value of that Google Plus well, there's community? A little, there's a little repetition. Uh, the, the posts are, are 
are visually different because of the way that they're able to combine pictures and videos and text and stuff like that. And over the time, the, the main reason why I created that was because of that feeling I felt when I was all by myself and there was no one I could talk to that also did Drupal. I could just, you know, I wanted, wanted to have a place where other people who were just on their own could find a community of people to talk about um, Drupal. So, yet so a, kind yet, of like an online Drupal user group. So yet, an, yet another um, channel that makes people that might be more comfortable in Google Plus yeah. accessible. The philosophy was, you know, That's wonderful. If, if people use Google Plus, why not have a place they can just chill and talk about Drupal? I love it. Yeah. Was there ever a Google Wave Drupal thing? <laughs> uh, well, Google Wave was never officially a thing. That's true. But I was ready. I was there too. <laughs> I was, you know, I, I, uh, Wave was a really interesting unicorn. Wasn't it? And, uh, and uh, we'll never see anything like it again, I don't think. They were, had huge plans. Probably those plans killed it. Probably. Uh, but they used some of the technology in other parts of their suite of products. So yeah, Google, Google the Docs. operational transform yeah, that and you Google, see in, in Google Docs and stuff like that. That had, benefited incredibly, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for spending the time with me. Thank and, you, Evan. And I just want to add that of the Twin Cities Drupal community, it's people like you that highlight how open and friendly uh, Drupal is. It's a kind of a, a very challenging thing if someone has that experience of a develop, develop, development community that, that has been really rude to them to give another community a chance. And, you know, at the first sign of this may not be a good thing, people might be rude, you know, that person like me would just run. Like, run. oh, no, I'm not going to do that again. But it's meeting people like you and people like, like Joe and Tim and other people in the Twin Cities that made me feel safe to participate. And I want to thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for doing everything you do. It's important to um, not lose sight of the fact that we're all human and that we all have our own thing going on. And as, as welcoming as we can be to everyone is is um, kind of what we should be doing. So thank you for doing everything you do. Now, you're Cosmic Dreams yep. on Drupal.org, uh -huh. but you're not Cosmic Dreams on Twitter. Well, uh, someone already had it. Someone already. So you're Chris underscore M underscore Weber yeah. on Twitter. You've been listening to the 107 Podcast. Find us online on 107.com slash podcast. And if you have a second, do send us a message. We love hearing from you. Our email address is podcast at 107.com. Until next time, this is Ivan Stegich. Thank you for listening.